The following audio is from Grace Fellowship of Westerville. To learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.gracefcwesterville.org. Thank you, Dan. Jesus is indeed a rock in a weary land. Amen. My voice is not what it should be today, so please bear with me. Praise God for all of you. Good to see you, Laura. Laura has a great testimony for God's faithfulness today. She has a new job, right? Amen. All right. My topic today is Into the Promised Land. A battle for eternal rest. This topic is particularly important for our church as we are, in a sense, in the wilderness. As we uh, look to the future for new leadership, as we look to take this church to the place that God would have us to go as a church family in this community, this topic, this book of Joshua is particularly important for us today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we just I want to give you thanks and praise for being our awesome God, the God beside whom there is no other, a Savior, the one who provides, makes a way for us, Lord. Today, Lord, someone is here who may be weary, who may be tired, who may be in need of rest. You are the God of all comfort, Lord. So I just pray now that you will, Lord, be that rock, be that refuge, for that soul, Lord, who is weary and tired. And just give them the strength, Lord, to make it through one more day. But also to know, Lord, that a better life awaits. A better land awaits. Where there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no rest from our, our labor. So, Lord, you just now let me diminish, Lord. Let me decrease, that you may increase. May the words I speak, may God, be your words. And may it be a blessing to your people and glorifying to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our topic again is into the promised land. The battle for eternal rest. And one would think that eternal rest, why would you have to fight for eternal rest? Because we live in the fallen world. And uh, when God made this earth, this world, this universe, he made it perfect. Indeed, when he finished his work, he says, it is very good. It is very good. But because of sin, because of disobedience, here we are. Sickness, old age, tragedies. But God is still able to watch over us, make a way for us. Is he not? Amen. Our topic verses will be to continue in Joshua chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. And I'll read from this passage. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying... Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions or supplies for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan River to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. Verse 12. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. Verse 14. 
your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they, verse 16, answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you, as he was with Moses. Verse 18. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Here we see Joshua taking command of the children of Israel. It is now his task to lead them into the promised land and to pass out the inheritance that God had given to them as promised to Abraham, their forefathers. Now, this word rest will be prominent in my message today, rest. What is rest? A four-letter word that has a lot of meanings. I've uh, chosen four today, sabbath or shabbat, which means the cessation from work. You can find this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, where God, after creating the heavens and the earth, rested from all his work. And the word cessation from work does not mean he was tired. It just means he stopped from all his creation. It was ended. God is, does not get tired. Number two, rest, to be at peace. Now we'll see in the uh, military campaign that Joshua led in the promised land, there was cessation from war. There were times where God gave them rest from war. They were at peace with all the nations around them. It's a good thing to be at peace with the nations around you. But we see from today that Israel is still at war with many nations. Number, point number three, to be at peace from striving or the struggles of life. We here today, many of us are struggling with health issues. Some of our family members are sick. And we're struggling with the finances to pay our bills. So to be at peace, to be at rest, to be able to have enough money to pay your bills, to not worry about where the money will come from to pay the light bill or the car note or the insurance bill or the other bills that uh, we have to pay in our lives. Number four, cessation from any motion, business, or labor. So rest, cessation from any motion, business, or labor. We come to a stoplight. Our cars come to a rest. Amen? All right. Now, I'll be talking about four different points today. Number, point number one, the promise of God's rest. The promise of God's rest. We saw from last week that God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. And I'll, I'll read from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest... Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3. 
For he, for we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, God speaking, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. These were those Israelites who left Egypt and did not believe that God could help them to conquer the promised land. Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the land. They remained, they returned. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two that says, we could take the land with God's help. The other 10 spies did not believe that God could help them. And the people sided with the 10 and not the two. So we see that Joshua and Caleb were the only two that God allowed to enter the promised land because of their obedience and their faith and their trust in him. Continuing, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his work. That's a reference to Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, the rest that is, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience and unbelief, verse 7. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You see, God is calling people today to eternal rest. We've heard the gospel preached, and some have not yet said, yes, Lord, what must I, must I do to be saved? The gospel is being preached, but unless it's mixed with faith, it will be unbelief. Continuing Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day, he being God. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For, the, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a type. What Joshua gave to the Israelites was a rest, was a temporary rest. What Jesus gives to us is a permanent rest, forever in heaven. Amen? Let's talk now about the purpose of God's rest. Now, this is from Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. Now, Moses is writing to the Israelites saying, You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies round about, so that you dwell in safety, then there will be place, the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. You see, God's about his glory. There you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithe, the heave offerings of your hand, and all your choice offerings which you vow to the Lord. See, God wanted the people to worship him, people to call his own to worship him. The Christians today are that people. Now keep in mind that, sorry for my smack of my tongue, I apologize, it's a little dry here. <laughs> so, behold my servant whom I uphold. My elect one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. You see, Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations. And Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that light. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise that God made to Abraham. Now, if you remember, if you look at that verse again, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. If you remember in the New Testament, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. In Isaiah, again, speaking of Jesus, I, the Lord, have called you, Jesus, my son, in righteousness, and will hold your hand. I'll keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, a new covenant in your blood, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sat in darkness in the prison house. Verse 6, indeed, he says, 49.6, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. You see, God had said to Abraham, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. With what? With salvation, with eternal rest, with the hope of eternal rest for those who believe. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 21. Jesus is speaking as he began his earthly ministry. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. Verse 16. So he, he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, a day of rest, and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We live in the day and age where Jesus Christ, his, his name is taken in vain, used as a curse word. Jesus Christ came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus Christ came to give hope to the hopeless. Jesus Christ came to give life to the dead. Luke chapter verse 14, verse 20. Then he closed the book, Jesus, and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, if you read that passage, they threw him out of the synagogue. God who became man to save the world, they threw him out, they wanted to kill him when he said that to them. Imagine the Savior of the world proclaiming, I am here. I am the one who Moses spoke of. God will raise up one like me. Him you must hear. And he was here. And they wanted to throw him out of the synagogue and kill him. Joshua. Back to Joshua chapter 1. And I apologize for my like my lips here. Our third point, the blessing of God's rest. So we talk about the promise of God's rest, purpose of God's rest. Now let's look at the blessing of God's rest. This passage is quite lengthy, but I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Joshua chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. Their inheritance is a gift. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, Lord, your God has given you rest. He's giving you this land. God gave the Israelites 
the children of Israel, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, a blessing of a land. They gave, he gave them a, a land that was a physical place of land. Jesus secures for us, who have put our faith and trust in him, an inheritance in heaven. The Bible says we are joint heirs with him. Amen? Now this here is east of the Jordan. This is the Jordan River. And they came from this, from Egypt, crossing over the Red Sea. And this is the land that uh, was given to the three tribes, three tribes, Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben. Gadites, Manasseh, and Reubenites. Manasseh is a son of Joseph. Now, in Deuteronomy, the blessing of God's rest. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all peoples on the face of the earth. Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you because you were more than number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. See, God's selection was by grace and mercy, not by merit. Verse 8, but because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand. Redeemed you from the house of bondage, the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You see, when Joseph went to Egypt and saved the land from, from uh, death and famine, from the famine, the Pharaoh loved Joseph and said, bring your family down, bring them down, and they'll have a special place in my land. And they were there for a time, but there was another Pharaoh who did not know the Lord, who did not know Joseph, and therefore the people of Israel were persecuted for 400 years, as God said they would be. Now, in Deuteronomy, speaking of blessings, this is a lengthy passage. However, you'll see that God keeps his promises. And this is what God promised them if they're obedient to keep his word. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall, be, shall you be in this city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and increase of your herds, increase of your cattle, offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed, when you shall, blessed you should be when you, shall, when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. That was fulfilled by the, in the battle of Ai, by the way. Now, verse 8, the Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God, walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. If you remember when they entered Jericho, the spies went to Jericho, Rahab, the prostitute, said to the spies, we're afraid of you. We've heard of your God, what he's done to Sihon, King Sihon and all the other kings, how you defeated them. We were all in dread of you. The war was already won before one single spear had been fired. 
Now, verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. Keep the commandments of the Lord your God. Keep the commandments of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. And all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. They shall be afraid of you. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain on your land in that season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so that you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to be to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. You see, there was always the danger that Israel would turn to other gods and turn away from the one true God, the one who delivered them out of bondage in Egypt. Now, it's important to know that because God said this to Israel, does not mean he said this to us today. We will have difficulties. Jesus said you will have trials and tribulations in this world, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Let's now look finally at the battle for God's rest. The battle for God's rest. So we looked at the promise of God's rest, the purpose of God's rest, the blessing of God's rest, now the battle for God's rest. When we think, why would we have to fight for the battle, fight for rest? Joshua, let's go back to Joshua chapter 1, verse 14, and we'll see again that there's going to be a battle for the promised land. Although God had promised the land to the children of Israel, they had to fight for this land. They had to dispossess the nations that were there before them. And the reason for that is because these nations defiled the land. They were engaging in all forms of abomination, sexual immorality, uh, child sacrifice, infanticide. And uh, for that reason, God had to dispossess them. God's judgment fell on them through the Israelites. Now, your wives, your little ones, verse 14, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on the side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them. Verse 15, the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. See, rest is to be enjoyed. Amen? Which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. There are battles that we fight today as Christians. There is a rising darkness in our land and indeed across the world. Time does not permit me to share much, but I'll say that we're at war. The devil's at war with us. The devil is at war with us, is he not? Now, he, he's warring for the heart, mind, and soul of every one of us in this room, especially our children. And he does it in many ways. There are four things I've noted here. Satan wants us to doubt God's word. These are things that will keep us from inheriting the, the, the eternal rest. These are things that will keep us from inheriting, inheriting eternal rest. Doubt God's word. In Genesis, he came to Eve and Adam and said, Has God said... You shall not eat from every tree of the garden. And they believed him and disobeyed God. Here we are. <laughs> Number two, Satan wants us to disobey God's word. He can't get you to doubt God's word. He wants you to disobey God's word. Number three, compromise with the world. Satan wants us to compromise with the world. 
The Word of God says to be a friend of the world if you're an enemy of God. He wants to be politically correct, not biblically correct. Number four, Satan wants us to deny Jesus Christ. Deny Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, uh, Jesus says, If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. Now, this is our war, this is our final point, the believer's battle armor for victory, that we may enter God's rest. Four points, the believer's battle armor for victory. Number one, diligently study God's word. Ephesians chapter 10, verse 18, uh, Paul speaks there of putting on the whole armor of God. Number two, obey God's word. God has said, God has said that sexual immorality is wrong, is a sin. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Give God thanks in everything. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and call according to his purpose. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, And all things give thanks. This is the will of God for you. Number four, stand with Jesus. Matthew 10.32 If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. The battle for eternal rest. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you today to know that we serve a risen Savior, a God who is watching over us in all of our troubles and our trials and our tribulations, a God who has come and made a way for us to enter his eternal rest by dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. See, Joshua gave them a land, but they died in that land. The land that Jesus has for us will never, ever die again. Amen. We'll live forever. In fact, Moses has died, but he's alive. Jesus died on the cross, but he's alive. He's risen. Our Savior is risen. And he lives to make uh, intercession for us. As we close our message today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for your word, Lord, that encourages us, informs us, gives us hope for the future. Lord, many of us today are going through difficult situations in our families, in our finances, in our health, in all of our other situations here, God. We just want to lift every situation up to you right now, every family up to you right now, Lord, in our church, and actually to have your way, Lord. Make a way for them, Lord, where there is uh, tears, Grab those tears. Where there's sorrow, Lord, bring comfort. Where there's need for healing, Lord, bring your healing, I pray. Lord Jesus, you pay the price for us on the cross, and we're eternally grateful to you for that, dear God. So just now we honor and praise you, and we put our church in your hands, our church family, Lord, as we move forward and as a church body, as we seek a new leader, Lord, to lead us into the promised land and into the future. We pray that you'll use us in this community, Lord, to be evangelists, to be the light to this community, Lord, that you mean us to be, to be salt, to be light wherever you place us. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you did on the cross for us. We bless and praise you what you've done. In your name I pray, amen. We come now to the Lord's Supper. This is the time that we
have set aside to remember our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for us. The man would come. The man would come. Please take these next few moments to clear your hearts, clear your minds as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper. ordinances that Jesus Christ instituted. My mic on? Okay, thank you. This is one of the ordinances Jesus instituted, the Lord's Supper. The Eucharist, communion. If you remember in the Old Testament when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan, Joshua commanded them saying, each tribe, take a stone from the river. Put it by the banks of the river. And in time to come when your children ask you, what mean these stones? You could tell them that it's a remembrance of what the Lord your God did for them. He delivered them from bondage in Egypt, in the wilderness. So our Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper as a remembrance of what he did for us on the cross. His blood shed on the cross inaugurated the new covenant in his blood, the New Testament. This is a time for believers to partake in the Lord's Supper. This is for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you have not confessed Christ as Lord and Savior, we ask you to refrain from taking of the bread and of the cup. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul is speaking, saying, Now, given these instructions, I do not praise you. Since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. But first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry, Another is drunk. 
What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? Do not praise you. Therefore, verse 27, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread drink of the cup. For he who drinks, he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. This remembers of me. the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me
Again, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Let's do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. It's our custom at Grace Fellowship Church to come and sing a closing hymn.